Ooh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Yes. <laughs> Off to hey, a hot start here. Uh, well, here's what happened, Mike. So I crack open the beer, and uh, I realized that the mic is muted. So maybe we could piece some of this shit together. Uh, yeah, we're in full off-season mode here, but we shouldn't be, Mike, because I want to ask you, brother, when is the first game of college football for the SEC? Yeah, we're closing up. Pretty quick here, Shane. Uh, end of November. Let me look. Excuse me. <laughs> November. <laughs> end of August. We're kicking off. Today's August 1st as you're listening to this. Exactly. We're, we're going to have some SEC football, Shane. August 27th, Vanderbilt going all the way to see the flying Hawaiian, those rainbow warriors. <laughs> Cannot wait for some SEC football. How about you, brother? Oh, me either. And that's why I was saying it's like we don't have offseason anymore. The This month. We are going to have SEC football. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a matter of time. You know, it's like a, you know, it's like a kid, <laughs> and it hits December, and you know, Christmas is at the end of the month, and it, yeah, it it sucks. It takes a while, but I'm telling you what, we're going to have a ton of content coming to you this month. This is when college football officially starts. We always talk about it. Media days is the kickoff. This is where the fun starts because kids are starting to show up in camp. Yeah, no doubt, Shane, and uh, I can be honest with you, I was just, you know, I'm still a little bit in vacation mode, coming <laughs> yeah, off the- I think you're uh, still drunk. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of that, I'm sipping some Four Roses bourbon right here, mm-hmm. fresh off the Kentucky bourbon. I, the number one question I got asked, Shane, when I kept saying on Twitter that I'm vacationing in Kentucky, the rest of the SEC, where in the hell can you vacation in Kentucky? Let me, <laughs> let me tell you, brother, I mean, there's about a- two dozen spots to go check out distilleries and, and oh yeah you know it's fine country up there i got nothing against kentucky and um i had the, the only issue i had on my entire vacation shane was and, and people think i'm responsible this was <laughs> you shane this was your idea you're uh-huh. the one behind it you know insert sec team how what's their record going to be like after six games I mm-hmm. thought it was a little fun thing, a little get some engagement going, have some fun with the people, have some back and forth while I'm on vacation. And I got to be honest with you, Shane, I was three sheets to the wind on m- most of these picks, <laughs> and people are sitting here writing down my answers and, and betting it. We had one LSU guy bet me $5,000 via DM <laughs> after I said LSU, I don't even know what I said, three and three, I think. Exactly. Tell me SEC is not the most passionate fan base. You put out six games. What do you think the record is after six games? And you know what's funny? It's just the the, the barrage of comments that come from opposing fan bases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> it was great. And it, and it was every team. Um, you know, the one that surprised me was the very last one that I put out there. And that was Mizzou, and that thing is still going. I had to mute the comments, man. It is these guys and girls are ready for some college football, and they're ready to see their boys in action. Yeah, and if you didn't say six and zero on any of them, Shane, you're damn <laughs> down wrong. You you should be uh, you know taken out of the SEC. You don't deserve to cover it. 
And here's the deal, Shane. I'll be honest with you. Like I said, I was on vacation. I was hell. I was day drinking the entire trip. <laughs> I mean, people are going to hold it against me regardless, but these are not what I'm sticking to. You know, after we see these teams, hell, we right. we've got one training camp open here in the SEC. We've got a big injury to discuss here at Tennessee. I mean, injuries are going to happen. And mm-hmm. once we see these teams on the field, hell, if Florida gets trounced week one by Utah, yeah, you know, I may be a fool for having the Gators number two in the East, but that don't mean I'm going to sit here and, and just go down with the ship and say, you know, there's still <laughs> hope that the Gators are going to be number two in the East. We're going to find out week two what that team's made of when Kentucky comes to town. That's going to tell us a hell of a lot about both those teams, and that is kind of the topic. We'll get to it here in a minute, but the biggest games – that are going to yeah. play a race in the SEC this first month of the season. That's going to be the show topic uh, of this podcast, but we've got a little bit more to cover before we get to that. Yeah, it's just the ramp up, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it, – it, you look around, you've got uh, uh, Oregon, you've got Florida State, yeah. you've got some of these teams, Utah that you mentioned already, some of these programs that, were, that these SEC teams face early – are going to give us a good estimate on how how far along this program is, or mm-hmm. how you know. There's some folks that think they're there, and then you may get into two weeks in, and you're like, you know what? Yeah, we're still in a rebuild. You know, it's right. so Tennessee or, or versus Pitt. Yeah, then, or it may be a sleep like a team that you're sleeping on. Exactly. There's a lot of people that don't think Florida can beat Utah, right. and if they come out and smoke them, I, I mean, then we turn around and say, damn, they're further along than we thought. So. That's you could put out this guess six whatever, but after week one two you know we're gonna really know where these guys are at and it's gonna give us a an estimate like I said to how this schedule or this season is gonna fall. Yeah, and you throw some wild cards, Shane. I mean, when we threw the Ole Miss one out there, that was an easy six and zero oh for me. But who the hell knows? I mean, Georgia Tech, they're uh-huh. I think they're in year four of that coach and they've not been good, so I expect Ole Miss to whip them. But it is yeah. in Atlanta, and who knows? They may be fighting for that coach's job. Maybe that's a a, a trap game for the Rebels. Yeah, Mississippi State. They got to play Memphis. Hell, we know what happened last time. That's a tricky exactly. game. They go Tennessee out to and Pitt. Tennessee Pitt. Uh, Mississippi State also goes out to Arizona. I mean, we just don't know right. what's going to happen. That could derail an entire season out there, or it can build a hell of a lot of momentum going into conference play. So. Like I said, don't hold it against us. Any <laughs> hell, I don't even think Cousin Shane made a prediction out there. He's uh-uh. he's the one. He don't want anyone yelling at him. Where I, I got forty thousand uh, people just all up in my mentions for weeks yeah, next to you. They saved those, man. Yeah, at South. <laughs> another one was South Carolina, Georgia State. Anytime Georgia State's on the schedule, you gotta be a little hesitant before you just put a victory in there. No, I did not do any. I did not. I was gonna save that a little bit closer toward the the shows, but it was so funny mike's up here getting drunk on the bourbon tour i mean he's sending me shots at noon and i'm like golly that looks fun you know i wish i was up. i'm at work you know <laughs> and then i said uh i'd fire off one of these tweets and i said mike do not answer this one <laughs> <laughs> and i think that was kentucky while i was up there shane i said six and oh yeah. i don't want anyone coming at me and then i left the state i said three and three is my real answer so Oh, yeah. Having some fun with those Wildcats, and, and safe to say, <laughs> uh, those are good people up there. They they treated me well this last week. A vacation state. I'll tell you, I, some of the best times I've ever had have been up in Kentucky. We've Of course, the bourbon tour is always fun, but we went to Lexington. We did the Keeneland up there. 
hell, them horses live better than I do. And <laughs> Louisville is even fun. I, we went up there and saw uh, where Muhammad Ali and, and yeah. Louisville Slugger, all that, some of the best food I ever had. So mm-hmm. Kentucky gets a, you know, I give Kentucky a hard time because I'm a Tennessee fan, but they got they got some stuff up there. And, and, and of course, before I go too far, I do want to say my thoughts and prayers for are out for, uh, you know, a lot of families affected by flooding up there. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you've seen some videos coming off this thing, but, damn, I had never seen it anything like it. So, uh, if, you're, if you're, you know, because we got a lot of loyal listeners, little fans up there, and if you're listening, you know, just I'm just letting you know we're thinking about you. Absolutely, Shane. And, you know, we can't even talk Kentucky without mentioning Cousin Ollie. Shout out yeah. to him. I reached out to him. He gave me some recommendations for the bourbon trail, so we hit up the spots he recommended like I said, it, it couldn't have been a better time. And for all the people trashing Kentucky out there, go visit it. And and <laughs> let me know if you have a bad time, because I don't think you can when you're when you're going to three distillery, distilleries in a day and, and leaving with a couple of cases of uh, yeah. some fine bourbon. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I was up there a year. They lost all that bourbon. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> Somebody said, Shane, did you come home with some barrels? I think they found out it was an inside job that I had nothing to do with. But... <laughs> To get you going, Shane, I know this is uh, something that, uh, you know, we've been having some fun back and forth with uh, this last mm-hmm. week. But our man, Eli Drinkwitz, we tr- we had wow. him on the show. We tried to get him going with some of these questions. He kept it relatively reserved. Well, he jumped on the old Jim Rome show, Shane, Mm-mm. and he came out guns a-blazing. Let's kick it over to Missouri's head coach, Eli Drinkwitz. I thought you were going to introduce my record. But with the latest allegations against Tennessee, let's hold up on what my record is because I expect them to vacate some wins, and that's going to help my record a little bit. Okay? Oh, man, this, so, is, this is getting be better. Easy. This is getting so much better. Can I ask you, I wasn't necessarily going to go there, but you would be the beneficiary of that. Can I, Since you brought it up, can I get your reaction to the latest allegations against Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, me personally, i got to question my wife's commitment to winning you know, I mean, I don't know how much she's committed if she's not engaging in some of these things. I didn't know that was fair play. So, uh, you know, we got a, you know, it was a little bit surprising to see the uh, in-depth nature of what was going on there. Uh, but I, I am sure glad that Tennessee was taking some ownership of it, and, and uh, we'll see what the results are. Um, you know, but uh, it's pretty interesting for sure. I thought we were friends. (laughs) I thought we were friends. (laughs) How about it, man? I mean, I I love it. I love these type of comments. You come out here, you're taking shots at one of the uh, the renowned powers in the SEC, but uh, that I think is yeah. what you got to do if you're Missouri coach. You got to you got to fire the base up. And I saw so many Vols saying, "Well, to hell with this guy, this nerd. You know, he needs to shut his mouth." But he got him going, and that's yeah, that's what I want to see right before football season. I don't know about you. That's what you got to do at Mizzou. You know what I'm saying? You nobody's talking about Missouri. You they need to be talking about it. You do it by your coach coming out here. One one of the things I, I know it kind of kind of got me, you know, because I'm a Tennessee Vol fan. But <laughs> but you know, this is what we talked about with Coach Eli is that he he's authentic. He he doesn't beat around the bush. He he speaks his mind, and and a lot of times that gets lost in the SEC. But you know if if Mizzou was a successful program, I even heard him talk about on in an interview, you know, that he was talking to his dad. He says, they're talking about Spurrier. He says, well, you know, you his dad says, you got to win a lot more games before you can just <laughs> say whatever you think, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, it's the same approach. I want him to be 
real. I want him to be, you know, speak his mind and, and fire up the fan bases, man. This is what college football is all about. I mean, we shit talk each other all the time. Right. You know, if you got a fan that's a, a, a diehard Auburn fan, you're a Bama fan, you're sending each other texts and tweets all the time. You know, you're, 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 why can't coaches do that? Why can't players do that? Because this shows me what coach is doing in the living room of a kid's, you know, recruit. He's telling right. these kids, Tennessee's in trouble. <laughs> They're about to lose everything. So I mean, this is this is what you got to do. Negative recruiting—that's what college football is. So um, yeah, I, I like it. I don't. I mean, obviously, I didn't like the hits on my team. I mean, maybe that's why he he didn't you know want to get too friendly there at the thing. He knew he's going to blast my program as soon as he left. But you know, I I, I I give him that. But I like the fact that he's coming out here and having fun, man. Yeah, and now that you mentioned recruiting, Shane, maybe it does have something to do with the fact that number one player from the state of Missouri. Uh, Sean Davion Bradley, pass rusher, committed to the Vols, Shane. So I'm sure that uh-huh. had something to do with old drink oh, what's going yeah. on the show. You know what? That's right. They were just scoping <laughs> before he went in there. <laughs> well, speaking of comments that, uh, you know, these probably he wishes he had back. Do you see what Matt Corral had to say here uh, during training camp with the Carolina Panthers? He's, he's competing with uh, old Baker Mayfield there for the starting quarterback role in Carolina. Uh, let's kick it over to his comments real quick. And, uh, you know, I'm not ready to jump on Matt Corral like a lot of people were. What's it like in the preparation? You know, I'm going to take us back to where I, where I decided to go to college. Um, I took the easy way because I, I felt like I could play right away. Right? And knowing what I know now and trusting my instinct and trusting my, my work, my work ethic, you know, I would have went to a place that would have made me compete. Mm-hmm. So, um, with, with that being said, you know, who doesn't like the best of the best? They want competition, and I think for this room, it's 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 going to be a great co- uh, competition because you know we're all competitors in that room, and we all we're all going to make um, we all understand you know what the job is to get done, and we're going to do it. So, you did Woof. you did you get a chance to see these? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know about you, Shane, but. <laughs> I mean, if I'm an old Miss person, I don't want Matt Corral saying stuff like this. But right. at the same time, I don't think that he's sitting here saying, I wish I didn't go to Ole Miss. Because, right. hell, he's one of the most decorated quarterbacks in that school's history, coming off a Sugar Bowl appearance, first 10-win regular season in school history, made right. it to the NFL. I think what he's truly trying to say here, and he just poorly chose words here, was the fact that he picked Ole Miss because he knew he could go in there and play. Yeah, and now in the NFL you don't have that opportunity. You got to work and, and str- scratch and claw for everything you have. And he lost that job at Ole Miss, Shane, because maybe he didn't take the game that seriously. He lost it. Remember mm-hmm. our, our boy John Rice Plumley, who we loved yeah. on this show. We thought, my God, he could be I he was- a, a star under Lane Kiffin. Uh-huh. But what it was was Matt Corral rededicated himself and got taught by. Arguably the best quarterback coach in college football, Lane Kiffin, and they turned him into an NFL draft pick. So I think that was mm-hmm. a lesson he learned at Ole Miss. I think really what he's just saying, he made the wrong decision. He, you, you, sh- you don't make a decision like that based on your clearest path to the field. You make a decision right. on, on who's going to develop you into a better player. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Um, obviously, though, this this has been – you know, it's been blown up a little bit. And 
the problem that you have is he's now an ambassador to Ole Miss. And, right. you know, it's not like he's, he's not just a quarterback in Mississippi anymore. In the NFL, the cameras are always rolling. And yeah. they're looking for, for hot takes and clips. You know, there was a lot of video of Matt Corral talking up there, and this is what came out because this is what gets buttons clicked. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I think – you know, it sucks that it happened this way and, and that it's not, not been addressed. But I will tell you, if I'm Ole Miss, especially media relations, I'm reaching out. I am. They, they send these care packages to these players in the NFL. They want them wearing their gear still so that, you know, they're. it's just advertising for their program. So I would reach back out to them and, and, and see if you can't get them to, you know, kind of come out and, and say his – and he may have. I, maybe I just haven't seen it and it's not, you know, gone as – gone as uh, viral as as the first clip but uh, I, I don't I don't think I think he said what he was feeling but if he could really think about what he was saying he may not have done it because you know you're right he he took the path maybe he took the path of least resistance to get to Ole Miss so he could play football but if he didn't do that, he wouldn't be a first-round pick in the NFL probably. So I, I think everything happens for a reason. And when he takes a step back and thinks about what he actually said, I, I think he made the best decision for him. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, you know questionable decisions, but good news here for the Aggies and great news for Cousin Shane's SEC preseason pick here because Anaya Smith, all charges dropped. His suspension was basically for SEC media days. (laughs) Star receiver, running back, you know, should be an All-American. He's that type of player. Anaya Smith, good to go. Unfortunately, linebacker Chris Russell, not as lucky. He picked up some charges, so it's pretty interesting. He he was a passenger with Anaya Smith. Uh, I don't don't know how that conversation went, but I have a guess how it went in old Jimbo's uh, coach's office there. But the the good – you know, the highlight there, Anaya Smith, good to go. He's not going to be suspended or anything, not even for yeah. camp. Uh, this is great news for the Aggies in their quest to uh, reach Atlanta. Huge, huge news. This is this is a game-changing top player. This is mm-hmm. one of those guys that you have to know where he's at on the field at all times, and that just makes every other player on that team better because they don't have as many eyes on them. So this was – if if Texas A&M – was going to make a, a run at a national championship or an SEC championship. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been on record saying, this, if not now, then when? you got to have a nice Smith. And when I made this bold prediction, it was before I found out about him. And now that he's coming back, I just feel a lot better about the money I've got on the <laughs> Maggies. <laughs> well, speaking of the Aggies, Shane, we're going to mention them here because show topic here, biggest games – first month of the season that will affect the conference title race. So I'm sticking all the conference games. I don't know about you. You could, you could do non-conference games too, if you wanted, but uh, you ready to talk about the, the, the biggest games first month of the season in the sec brother. Oh yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so again, first month is all I'm talking about here and the games that will factor in, Biggest when it comes to the conference title race, race to Atlanta. We're going to learn a ton about these teams with these games. And uh, what do you say we start at the bottom and work our way up? How's that sound? That sounds uh, that sounds good, man. Let me uh, let me get it pulled up here. So I 
Okay, all right. All right, so I am ready, brother. So it has does it doesn't have to be SEC. You're going just SEC. Um, I can pick something else, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Because okay. I mean, like I I'm not dumb enough to say Oregon will knock off Georgia week one, right? But if that were to happen, I think all of a sudden the rest of the SECs get a little bit of confidence boost, and maybe exactly. maybe we get more on tape that we say, well, hell, Georgia can't defend this. Georgia can't stop this, or or Georgia's offense is struggling in this area. So there's many different ways you can uh, you can attack this list. But uh, and, and as I I got my seven games here, I kind of wish I threw in some non some non conference games because <laughs> there's going to be some really good games the first month of the season. You know what? Okay, all right, I'm in, man. I'm ready, locked and loaded. So the one I've got num- ranked number seven, and again I've only got seven. I don't know how many you got on here, Shane. But oh shit, I was doing okay, Mike. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, girls, listen. I am ill prepared. This topic just got dropped on me, and now we're changing the rules. I thought we were going to go down each team, and we pick, you know, pull up the schedule mm-hmm. and say, okay, out of the first three or four games here, which all of them should be, well, we got four games for each team. Out of those four, which one you got highlighted mm-hmm. as uh, kind of a, you know, an SEC. I don't know. How would you say that? Well, the, the, the only today. issue is the first month of the season. Yeah. There's only seven conference games. So I got, I got all the conference games here. So I just, I'm basically, okay. I'm what I'm basically doing is just overlooking the non-conference for my list. Okay. But maybe right. you want to highlight a couple of, on yours, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't have a list. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> so here's what we'll do. You do your list. Mm-hmm. I'll critique the hell out of it. And I'd like to maybe add some if you if I think you left one off. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. All right. So this game, Shane, takes place week four of the season. So a month in. Mm-hmm. And it could have huge ramifications for both of these teams. I, f- I feel bad putting it at seven because it's – I mean, this is a, this should be a marquee game on both team schedules, but I'm going Missouri at Auburn, Shane. Yeah. The SEC opener for both these schools going to tell us a hell of a lot about both of them. If Missouri is going to overachieve this year, it has got to start with, hey, I think nine times out of ten you'd say a trip to Auburn. You know, that's yeah. that's almost a certain loss. But I think this year you could – Certainly spin that as a very winnable game. Again, we'll see what these teams look like the first couple weeks of the season. But as I sit here now, I think Missouri can win this football game. Now, Mm -hmm. that's not to say I don't think Auburn can win. Hell, Auburn, they probably should win the game. You know, it's at home. Have an overall talent advantage over the Missouri Tigers. But again, if Brian Harson drops this game, it's, oh my God, the panic down there (laughs) on the plane. So this game, there are so many ramifications for both teams. That's why I put, I've got it on this list. I, I like it, Mike. And, and the reason I like it is because you heard a little little bit of it brought up on social in the media days was was the hot seat topic. Nobody nobody wants to say it when the coach is in the room, but that's all right. we talk about when he leaves. This is this is the facts, man, is how good is Auburn? We don't know. And I'm telling you, if they keep struggling like they have in years past, they they won't tolerate it clearly right. now i don't think he loses his job but what starts that chatter is losing to mizzou because i think you know they're going to struggle i think they're going to struggle this season i'm not i'm not sure about this penn state but coming off that penn state game 
then you drop a Mizzou game. This is a team that all Auburn fans expect to win. This is a game that most Mizzou fans expect to win. It should be a hell of a fight, you know, for both of them. Mm-hmm. But after after that, you've got LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, Arkansas. It's like it doesn't get any easier. So it, it's it feels like it's just the spear, the tip of the spear. And if they drop that one, it, it just starts all the chatter again. Yeah, no doubt. Now, number six on my list, Shane. Now, this game, the week it's played, I think it's the second best game in the country, Shane. Only reason I'm putting it a little bit lower on the list is because it's East versus West. Yeah. And, again, while it it is a huge game, you know, I don't know how big of a factor it's going to play for the, for the East and West race. South Carolina at Arkansas, Shane. Mm-hmm. We are going to learn a ton – about the South Carolina Gamecocks week two as they travel to Fayetteville. Hell, we'll probably learn a lot about Arkansas because we think that Razorbacks are just going to steamroll Cincinnati. So <laughs> should be 1-0 South Carolina as long as they take care of business against Georgia State, which they should. You know, should be a battle of undefeateds. This is going to give the winner of this game a ton of momentum going into this schedule. Spencer Rattler, K.J. Jefferson, a star-studded quarterback affair, Shane Beamer, Sam mm-hmm. Pittman, two of the brightest rising stars in the coaching ranks. Uh, this should be a hell of a football game. Brother, this is a very, very, very crucial game for both East and West because it's a test, man. We want to we, we keep saying the East is getting better, the East is getting better. Some are saying this is the best the West has ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, after this ball game, we're gonna have a pretty good pulse on on both sides. Because it's it's two teams that are up and coming. Arkansas obviously has had plenty of success here the last few seasons, but this is the year that a lot of fans are expecting the step. This is where they're competing with Alabama. This is where they're competing with teams like Georgia and A&M. You know, this is a team you can't just pencil a loss when they face these opponents. And then you got South Carolina on the other hand. That is, I've never. You want to talk about a hop train, brother? It's coming out of Columbia, South Carolina right now. These mm-hmm. kids are ready for some victories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when you walk into uh, this game with Arkansas, if Arkansas blows you out of the water, you want to talk about taking the wind out of the sails, hurting you on the recruiting trail because they've put themselves on that pedestal that they have arrived in the east. If you get blown out by the Razorbacks, it just derails everything that you've preached for the last two, three months. I, I, now, I still think it's a rebuild over there, and I, and I don't think they're exactly where they want to be, but they're getting there. I just think when you come out and you lose bad to a team from the west, it just it, it's bad for business. But then on the other side, if they beat Arkansas – you know, now we say, oh, shit, South Carolina has arrived. Right. All that hype is for real. And Arkansas is in trouble because this isn't the toughest opponent on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they got dreams of, of winning the West. And it, it sure as hell is probably not going to happen if you lose week two to South Carolina. You know what? Exactly. Now, how about this game, Shay? We're getting into, uh, you know, division opponents. And I feel bad putting this game this low, Shane, because – This is going to tell us a hell of a lot about both these teams. Number five on my list, Mississippi State at LSU week three Mm -hmm. of the season. This is going to be a real opportunity for Mississippi State to prove to the 
nation, the SEC, that they're ready to challenge in the West. This could be, you know, one of their, those big breakout years we expect from yeah. from Mike Leach and Mississippi State every couple of years. That both hell, both those, <laughs> the coach and the and the program <laughs> seems to do it every couple of years. So you combine them, yeah, it gives you a sense of of the expectations there in Starkville. Where on the other end of the spectrum, hey, this is a game all LSU fans they don't even expect it to be a contest mm-hmm. more often than not, and that's why they're bringing in a guy like Brian Kelly to make sure games like this they open the twenty twenty season in Death Valley got you know they got pants by Mississippi State <laughs> you know it's games like that is why Brian Kelly's right. in in Baton Rouge to end you know shit like that so right. th- this game lose is is huge for the SEC West I think it, it's very big and and a couple of reasons I think it's big is because I love Mississippi State and yeah. I think they're better than than people think. This is one of my my underdog stories coming into the West, and I we've heard a little, we've heard a few people come up and say they really like Mississippi State, especially with all the talent they're bringing back. Mm-hmm. But beating a team like LSU puts you on the map. Everybody is in love with Coach Kelly. Everybody's in love with the LSU Tigers. You know, right. you talk to a common fan in Michigan. They, they're going to tell you, oh, LSU's surely going to win that game. They got Coach Kelly. They've got – this is LSU. They just won a national championship a few years ago. There's no way. that That's the national attention that, that LSU has compared to Mississippi State. How do you flip it? Beating the shit out of them, you yeah. know? I think I think that's, that's what it is. This is a statement game for Mississippi State. Now, this is also a redemption for LSU if, if they're legit. I, we've we've gone on. I mean, we did the optimistic show, and and we think LSU's got plenty of talent. Mm-hmm. We think Coach Kelly's the right guy, but there's so many question marks. We got so many transfers coming in. Kit, we don't know how deep these guys are. We don't know how they're going to schematically play. I don't think Florida State's a real good test. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to know much about LSU until this week three matchup. But they may come out and, and we figure out that LSU's a lot further along than we thought. And if that's the case, the West just got a little more exciting because a good LSU always makes for great football games. Right. And I don't think it's crazy to sit here, Shane, on uh, August 1st here and say Mississippi State, LSU, one of these teams could win 10 games this year. Is that crazy? Right. No, not crazy at all. But I guarantee you, Shane, neither one's going to do it that loses this game. No, no. This one, this one, it's like I said, after you do, if Mississippi State does what I think they're going to do, mm-hmm. they're 3-0 and after this game, looking at 4-0. and Here, I just told you I wasn't going to give them my six, but they're, <laughs> they're undefeated going into that Texas A&M game, and I would be – I would I would be curious what that point spread would be because a lot of people are going to catch on real quick that that the pirate has got a fucking team. I'm sorry, I'm cussing a lot. I apologize, <laughs> mom, if you're listening. But I'm fired up about them bulldogs. Just crown them, Shane. Just crown them. I, I am, man. <laughs> now, how about this one? I I feel bad even putting this game so low here, Shane. But number four. This one's going to be close to your heart. Florida at Tennessee, week four of the season. I mean, this looms large always for Tennessee. (laughs) I mean, this is the one you got to get over. It's like you can't have that dream season unless you beat the Florida Gators. Whereas on the flip side, 
hey, again, we're probably playing with house money if we're, we're Billy Napier and the Gators. Most people are going to be picky to lose this game. You're on the road, a hostile environment. Fans are going to be fired up. But this is an opportunity for you to go in there and steal some momentum as you go into that SEC gauntlet, Florida at Tennessee, number four on my list. Brother, I'm telling you, when Napier took that job and they're sitting in that office, I can almost guarantee you that they said, hey, one day we want to beat Georgia, mm-hmm. okay? We know it's not going to be this year. It's going to be a few years from now, but we want it. But this year, we want you to beat Tennessee. (laughs) We want you to beat Kentucky. There's a few teams on that Florida list that they are expecting to win. It doesn't matter who they roll on the field. This is this is we this these teams hate each other. I mean, if you grew up in this this rivalry during the '90s, it was it was just pure hatred. And it still is. It's still looming, brother, because Tennessee cannot get over the hump. They'll, the, why does every game that they beat the Florida Gators have to be put on display as the uh, most miraculous ball game ever? You know, why does right. it have to be a comeback? Why does it have to be a miracle? You know, <laughs> this is this roster should beat the Florida Gators. But going into the matchup, I'm scared to death because I remember <laughs> all the games they beat us. So it's like, what do you do? So I think it's very, very big for Florida, but I think it's bigger for the Tennessee Volunteers because the fans are expecting to win now. They're expecting to 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 get this off their back, man. Yeah. There's you you watch a game last year and I know it's not the same thing, but when them lose to South Carolina, when they lose to Mizzou, it's it's like we we literally hung 80 points between the two in the first half of our games. Why are we not competing against the Florida Gators? But it, I, I literally think the, the wheels fell off after after the Tennessee <laughs> matchup. But anyway, I'm starting to ramble, Mike. I'm saying all that to say this. This is a game, again, that both fan bases are expecting the win. You don't know the outcome because just as soon – it's like the LSU-Florida games. It, it, you don't – it's going to come down to the, the final possession usually, and that's what I expect in this matchup. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons I love college football so much, Shane, is just the momentum. And yeah. there's so many different ways you can break that down. I know there's people that don't believe in mo- momentum. Most people are stupid. And – I'm talking, you could break it down possession by possession momentum. Mm-hmm. You could talk week to week. But what I'm really talking about when I'm talking about this Florida and Tennessee series going into this season is the momentum of Billy Napier's program versus the momentum of Josh Heifel's program. And fair or not, how people are going to view this, Billy Napier in year one, Josh Heifel in year two, Tennessee – Strong finish. I know they didn't win the bowl game, but still, the the arrows pointed up for for Josh Heupel right now. Right. And Florida, I know they they finished low in the standings, <laughs> but in Florida's minds, Tennessee's below them. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And the yeah. only way for Tennessee to to change that is to beat them on the field. It, it's got to take place here when you got Billy Napier year one. So it, it's kind of what like what you're saying. When they hire Billy Napier, they say, okay, Kentucky and Tennessee, those are programs that are below us. It's your job to keep them below us. Yep. If you slip up here, 
I'm not saying Tennessee is just going to dominate Florida for the rest of the time, but all of a sudden, they it's almost like they switched positions there. Yep. This is Tennessee's opportunity, Josh Heupel's opportunity to say, this is a new Tennessee. This is my Tennessee. This is a Tennessee where we beat the Florida Gators in Neyland Stadium. So, you know, you know, there's so many different ways to to enjoy this game, but that's why it's got to be on a list like this, Florida at Tennessee week four. And the fact it's not higher makes me wonder who you got next, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. And, and, hey, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm already out here throwing the upset special. But Georgia at South Carolina week three of the season – this could be one hell of a game, Shane. And I, I know them Georgia fans and, and national people, they're fired up about this Oregon versus Georgia week one. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, I'm fired up for football regardless. But this is the Georgia game I want to see coming into Will, williams Bryce Stadium, playing Spencer Rattler and company on that offense with a new-look defense. I want to see how these teams match up. And this is Shane Beamer's opportunity to show that, uh, you know, all the momentum they have in this offseason, that it's legit, that it's real. They won several marquee upsets last year, but this will be the biggest win yet of the Shane Beamer era, Georgia at South Carolina. Just when I thought I was drinking the (laughs) (laughs) Kool-Aid. Hey, I'm not saying that this isn't going to be a good game, but number three, whoo, that is – that is – that's dangerous, man. That's that's you doubling down on the <laughs> fact that you think that South Carolina has a shot to beat the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But I just think that we're a little too far away to, to just put an asterisk by this game saying it's going to be that important. I don't think we walk away from this game. If South Carolina loses – I don't think I don't think Gamecock fans are mad, right? As long as it's not a blowout, you know. As long mm-hmm. as it's a a, a couple scores, and, and nobody wants to hear that. I know it's, it's not sexy talking like that. Everybody wants an upset, but I, again, we got to have realistic expectations here. This is the Georgia Bulldogs coming off a national championship, freaking loaded. They're going to be three and two and zero oh by the time they get to to, to Williams Bryce, yeah. And and there's nothing I've seen as of yet that thinks that this is going to be as close a game as you. But, you know, I said that two years ago. (laughs) Or three years ago, whenever they were down there and uh, had the upset. And there's been a a handful of games that that Georgia has not looked pretty. And, you know, maybe they start reading their press clippings and this thing, you know, does become a ball game. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not as high on this one. I still think it's important, though, to figure out I guess the 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 shift in the East to see how because that's all we're doing, man. We're talking mm-hmm. about okay, Kentucky's getting better, Tennessee's getting better, South Carolina's getting better. Yeah, they're getting better compared to what the Georgia Bulldogs. So now, how close are they to competing against a team like the Bulldogs? You know, so I think that's the good thing is we're going to have a pulse early in the year of of kind of the dynamics of the SEC East. I just can't wait for it, Shane. When South Carolina pulls the early upset of the year, <laughs> Shane's going to be tweeting out, we picked it, we picked it. Just just remember. Pull the list. Pull the list. <laughs> Don't listen to the pod. Just put the list up, Mike. <laughs> How about this one? Number two, Shane, I know you're going to love this selection. Arkansas versus Texas A&M in Arlington, week four of the season. This game is probably going to decide, you know, the – 
the biggest challenger to Alabama in the SEC West. It was right. a, you know, it was a hell of a game last year. Arkansas finally snapped that streak. Now A and M is going to come into it with a ton of uh, re- revenge on their mind, trying to put the Razorbacks back in their place as they see it. But uh, thoughts on Arkansas versus uh, the Maggies? Well, my initial thoughts was I know exactly who you got in the first spot now because this was also – this is like 1A, 1B mm-hmm. in my opinion. This is a very, very, very crucial game because here's an Arkansas team that beat Texas A&M last year. Here's an A&M team that's expecting to beat Arkansas this year. Razorbacks fans knows what they have. They know they can go toe-to-toe with the, with the Aggies. And, you know, I, I, I think it's going to make for a – absolute awesome ball game obviously Alabama would be looming the following week but you know how can you overlook Texas A&M you can't all the focus will be on this program uh, September 24th I- I'm telling you this thing is going to be electric and a hell of a matchup yeah no doubt now number one on the list so you already know what it is Shane Kentucky at Florida yeah. week two of the season this is going to tell us a hell of a lot I kind of teased it earlier in the show, but we're going to learn a lot about the Wildcats. Are they ready to contend truly for the SEC East, where Billy Napier and company coming off a tough game against Utah? Well, it you know remains to be seen how they'll look in that opener, but they may not judge Billy Napier on how they do against Utah. They're going to judge him week two how they do against Kentucky. Cannot wait for this football game. <laughs> Could you imagine saying this ten years ago? That this is the game of the first four weeks <laughs> that ten, that Kentucky and Florida, it's a crucial matchup. I mean, if that's not a testament to how how great they've done up there in Lexington and, and the fall in Gainesville, you know what I'm saying? It's just there's nothing steady in the SEC. But the fact is, this is a very, very crucial matchup. And, man, the, the talk, the shit talking has already started, and I love it. You know, <laughs> Kentucky, they they got it, man. They know they're going to win this thing. And right. the Florida Gators, they think about the last 30 years. How many, to- how many times have I seen the all-time stat? I mean, that that's like their go-to. You know, it's just like Tennessee and Kentucky. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you've been great for this, but let's look at the last 20 years. That Like that has relevance. But <laughs> this game is going to set the tone in the East, man. So, so many people that we've talked to this week and last week, they had trouble picking who's going to be the second best team in the East. You know, it's really going to – it's Tennessee. Is it Florida? Is it Kentucky? Is it South Carolina? We're four weeks in. We're going to have a good idea on who the second best team in the East is, and it all starts with this matchup, huge matchup. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I just, I can't state how badly I want to watch this football <laughs> game, and this is going to tell us a lot about both these teams and where they are ready to compete in the SEC East mm-hmm. race or not. Because, again, I think I think Kentucky could drop his football game, and, and given their schedule, they could still win the East. Right. It'd be tough. But I don't think Florida, if you lose at home right out the gate to Kentucky, your next game, SEC game at Tennessee, I don't know. I hate to say make or break week two of the season, but I mean, it, it looms large for the Florida Gators, doesn't it? Yeah, I think because again, you got the Utah game mm-hmm. chilling out there and, and that's not on your list, but I'm sure if you were to in- include non-conference games, you know, the last thing you want to do 
with a new coach down there in Florida is start out the season 0-2. I mean, that's just something that never happens down there. Here, here we're coming off a program that is expected to win bowl games, expected to beat certain programs. Utah, Kentucky, Tennessee, those are those programs. And if they don't, it's it's a rough start. And I'm not saying they can't get out of that hole. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it there is a lot looming on that Kentucky-Florida matchup. Any of the non-conference games you want to highlight that uh, that you think deserve yeah. to make this list? I, I mean, the fact Texas and Alabama, I've got we got to mention that because the the high, you know the South Carolina hop mm-hmm. the, the the LSU you know I've heard some hop coming out of there. there. Ain't no hop coming out like it is in Austin, man. These guys, I mean, they are crowning these guys. And they're I don't know what it is. They just went from zero to hero overnight, and <laughs> and they just love them so. This this game I really I really got my eyes on because for starters every time we build up one of these matchups mm-hmm. we we know that we're going to be able to turn it off at half if Nick Saban's involved <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> what do you want to do after the halftime because this game's going to be over with I just I, I think Alabama's just going to come out and crush them but it's going to you know it's a it's good seeing Texas and Alabama going against each other because we're going to see it again and again and again now that they're coming into the SEC so I don't know that that's why I've got it a little bit higher just because it's a preview of the future mm-hmm. um the Penn State Auburn game I talked a little bit about that one obviously that is a game I think Auburn can get um you just don't want to get blown out you don't want to get beat on on national i mean it just it starts that whole hot seat talk you don't want to do that come out and put this team away this is not a a team that was as good they're worse this year and i think auburn is better so i i think this is a year they can beat them but i'd have them on there i'd have georgia oregon just because that's going to be fun to see the champ this is a i mean talking about opening the season against the oregon ducks that's that's just going to it's just going to be a fun game to watch. Now, I don't think it's going to be a game, but it's still, you know, the buildup, and then you see your defending national champs take on uh, a pack team, you know, a future Big 12 opponent. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, uh, I'm not getting the speculations out there. So, so I would put that one on there. LSU, Florida State, we talked a little bit about that one. I'm, I, hell, I'm putting them all on there now. <laughs> Let me look here. Any other ones? I, the Memphis miss that one because I just want to make my money back. I'm going to double down on that one. I'm putting two hundred dollars on the, uh, Mississippi State. You're like, no, don't do that. So uh, uh, just yeah, don't make it, it a lock of the week, you know? Yeah, I won't lock it down. <laughs> um, I ain't even going to put a And Miami on there. Some people have talked about that, but I just don't think that's going to be a good game. But yeah, that's the ones I have, um, Mike. So just about. Ten. Ten other ones. <laughs> I, that's when you know you, you're ready for college football. When you just – I can make the argument that Hawaii and Vanderbilt should be on your list just because it's one day or a couple days sooner than the other one. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, last thing, Shane. Both the, the schools here from the state of Tennessee have open training camp. So let's kick it on down to Rocky Top real quick where, unfortunately, Shane, we got some injury news. Uh, oh no! One of the running backs, Laneith Whitehead, the power back, yeah, out for the season. Josh Heupel Shit. announced here the Tennessee's opening here. They opened on Sunday, and then Brew McCoy. That's something that we talked about with Trey Wallace at SEC Media Days. Go back and check that out if you missed it. But Brew McCoy, the receiver, still not yet 
cleared to, to hit the field after, uh, you know, he's transferred a number of times. So I, it, something to do with his eligibility is up in the air. Uh, any concern there that uh, Tennessee, you know, their, their offense, you know, this neither one of these losses is going to kill them, but you hate, yeah. you hate to see these, uh, these type of things going into a camp. You know what? Yeah, you really do. Um, th- this this one kind of hurts. Um, that that's somebody I was really excited about seeing this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a hell of a combo up there, or was going to be. Um, you know, so I, 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 yeah, I mean, this is this is what you do, man. You you just you pray the kids make it through there because this when you come back from your camps and stuff, you running vertical and straight up and down that that's one thing, but then, you know, getting blocked, rolled into somebody, you know, you hear these, these types of injuries coming out. Uh, you hate to see somebody lose a season. Brew McCoy, you know, that, that's the thing I hope gets cleared. Um, you know, Trey did talk about it. He talked about the, the Solomon mm-hmm. situation, very, very similar when it came from Michigan, it, it took a while, but he got cleared right there for us. So this may be one of those things that just haven't got around uh, to check all the paperwork, but I'm not as concerned with that because I have seen Hooker talking about some of the other receivers stepping up. So that's a good thing uh, about these camps firing up is is you're going to find out some of these guys you weren't planning on making an immediate impact are going to. Right. And now, hey, we're not Debbie Downers here. Shane, uh, Josh Heupel, real quick, we'll, we'll kick over to his comments here, but noted, uh, you know, he was asked about the depth and everything last season. His players going into year two of the system, a much deeper roster, gives him a lot more confidence heading into the season, which is something that I know you got to love to hear, don't you? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Nobody's more confident than me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been saving my 15-0 and 0 tweet here, you know, but I, I decided not to send it out. <laughs> yeah, Coach, outside of Lanise injury, are you healthy otherwise? Will you have a handful of guys limited? I know – Many guys were out in the spring. Where is your football team health-wise as you hit the field tomorrow? Yeah, uh, Lanif will be out uh, uh, for the entire year this year. Just sustained an upper body injury um, a couple of weeks ago and, and had season-ending surgery. Um, but for the rest of our football team, uh, we're really pretty healthy. Um, there's some guys that um, will build up through uh, the course of training camp. Uh, Latrell Bumpus, uh, somebody that you know missed a, a portion of spring ball that will continue to build up. Um, but uh, we're really in a really healthy situation here moving into training camp. Any update on Brew McCoy and and how will you attack that? Just go to practice as usual and just kind of wait on confirmation? Yeah, uh, been in dialogue uh, with uh, the the people that we need to. Our administration has been uh, on the other side of the coin, and uh, we we feel good about where that's going. Uh, Brew's healthy and uh, ready to compete this training camp, so... Uh, he'll be involved in everything that we're doing. Sort of on that, um, the fact that you coached these guys last year, does that make it a little easier to judge how much growth they've made individually comparing it to last year? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, they have a better understanding of who I am and, and you know, how I'm going to handle situations and how I'm going to communicate with them. And, and it's true on the other side of the coin for us as a coaching staff, for myself as well, to understand you know, the successes, failures, the, the struggles that they have, you know, what is their, their, their makeup and, and um, you know, their ability to handle the things that are inevitably going to come, come up in the course of a ball game, but just in life too. And, you know, how do we help them? You know, I think coaching is uh, a big part of coaching is understanding who you're trying to communicate with and understanding the right buttons to push with those individuals to draw out the absolute best from them. Now, last thing, I just thought this was 
pretty wild, Shay, that, uh, you know, Vanderbilt, they opened on Friday. So, uh, hell, they're up, they're about half, half a week into camp already as, <laughs> as crazy as that is. Of course, they're, they're playing week zero against Hawaii, but, uh, according to Clark Lee, I mean, when they opened camp last year, he, the word he used is alarming. It was alarming watching, watching his team practice, <laughs> how far they've come <laughs> in just a year's time. I mean, that's, you know, that's obviously what you want to hear if you're a Vanderbilt fan, but Really interesting comments here, Shane, when asked about Mike Wright being the quarterback, starting quarterback, uh, announced at SEC Media Days. Does that mean that he'll be guaranteed to be the starter against Hawaii? Not necessarily, according to Clark Lee. Uh, I remember, like, last year, the first practice, you afterward, like, really got into him and were not happy about it. This is a little bit different. Like, what – you know, how's it it different right now compared to a year ago? Well, I mean, last year – first practice I, it was alarming um, and I would say we are way more comfortable with what the expectations are and with um, kind of the, the manner in which we practice and the mindset towards attacking things and doing hard things together um, and so I feel great about that and I think this was still practice one but I don't mistakes are mistakes I'd expect that um, we have a lot of young players who are getting folded in that, you know, we have to be patient with their development. Um, you know, the, the, the manner in which we move from drill to drill will improve, but on the whole, I felt the effort, the attention to detail, the intentionality was there today, and so um, I, I would expect that. That's the work we did this summer. That's the work we did this spring. We're just we're further along. Does naming right, Mike Wright as the starter, um, you know, add kind of a, a leadership like, what do you think of, of Mike as a, a leader for the team and does naming him the starter kind of elevate that, I guess? What you want to do is, I, we have, in my mind, like three really good re- leaders in that room. And I, you know, AJ Swan's young, and maybe it's a little early to, to say that about him, but I've been really impressed with his uh, ability to rally people, to, um, he cares about football, like, he, he you know, he's done a lot with the, the other two freshmen to kind of get them onboarded and going. He has great connection connection with his teammates, uh, AJ does. Obviously, Ken is led from that position, so he has experience too. And then we think, you know, Mike has charisma and he's got um, the depth of personality and depth of character to, um, you know, and his teammates believe in him. And, and he stepped up in big moments for us a year ago and made big plays. Um, the goal in naming Mike a starter was to... Um, turn the attention away from this idea that, you know, the position's up for grabs and it's, you know, um, last man standing, you know, wins it. We, we have to, in that room, get connected and we have to lead the team from that room. And that means that we have, it's not against each other, it's with each other for the team. And that mentality and mindset is what's going to build the best team. Um, and in naming a starter, you give people a chance to gain some peace around what their role is and to put that aside and to focus on just being their best and all the while like empowering them to lead the team from whatever that, that position that role is. At the end of the day, the starting quarterback is a centerpiece of the offense, but like, you know, football teams are built not in 12 or 13 Saturdays, you know, it's all the other days that build the team. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing, you know, all the quarterbacks step into a leadership role and take on that personality 
And if we can take the focus off just the, the battle on the field, I think we start to strengthen off the field. You know, interesting comments there from Clark Lichet, hmm. but a little bit of quarterback controversy here. Our first time we've been able to say that this fall. Well, that's a reverse way of doing it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I never thought of I mean, we joked, like, watch him run seals out there against Hawaii as a competitive advantage. <laughs> but I don't know. Now, you this gives me pause. Right. Uh, you know, you come out, you say, right, your guy, and then – the next day, you're like, well, I just did that because I want this other guy to play better. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Is, are we wanting seals or, or are we wanting rot here? Now, I'm, this is this is next level uh, mind game here. So, right, I right. love it. I love – you got to have competition, Mike, and especially in that quarterback room because mm -hmm. if you don't, it, it, it becomes stagnant. We've seen this at, at other programs. I feel like uh, Auburn is an example. You know, it's just Bo Nix's job. Nobody else can have it. And it just – it felt like it just never progressed. And I don't want to see that, especially with Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. They have got to keep developing these kids. And the ones behind them got to keep it's, – it's like a poor man version of Kentucky. You've got to – put the time in because you're the next man up and and if they keep pushing each other that just makes the room better yeah no doubt well hey buddy that's all we got on this episode of the show you got anything before we uh cut it cut it here uh well a couple things um so tennessee and uh vandy mm -hmm. have started camp anybody else in camp I mean, basically the entire SEC starts this week here. Okay, uh, so they okay. Yeah, so we're everybody. We're gonna have news and notes all across the league as uh, just more and more information hits. But uh, for obviously Vanderbilt started early because of Week Zero, and Tennessee just want to get a head start, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like it. I like it. Well, that's no, Mike. That's that's all I've got. <laughs> I mean, I was just wondering because I knew a lot of them were, were coming in tomorrow. So mm -hmm. uh, listen up. You know, we'll, we'll we'll probably have a lot more coaches coming up, uh, a lot more players. Just hope they stay safe, man. This is that this is that touch and ghost time. You know what I'm saying? The kids coming back. You hate you hate clicking on the links to find out the uh, camp news, but. Uh, but no, it's good to have them back in pads. It's good to have them back on, on campus. This is we're gonna have college football in less than thirty days. So, I'm I'm pumped up, Mike. I don't know about you, but I am I am super ready for some college football. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll be here to cover each and every little news item that's coming up the rest of the month leading up to the season. Don't forget, keep checking, keep hitting that refresh, subscribe, yeah. like. Those likes are coming through. We'll get you that koozie of your choice for a five-star review. That's all we ask. Uh, but, uh, hey, that's all I got, brother. I appreciate you as always. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls.